Welcome to DustinsTravels.com, your home to fun, exciting travel adventures. And now your host, Dustin Saidi. Hey everyone, Dustin here from Dustin's Travels with my wifey. Hi everyone, this is Karina. Um, so today we're going to tell you about the central, the heart of Mexico City. Uh, if you go to Mexico City and you don't go here, it's kind of like, why did you even go to Mexico City? Um, this is the downtown of Mexico City. It's called Zocalo, Z-O-C-A-L-O, on the blue line, I think, just pretty much right in the center of Mexico City. And a lot of history here. So this is where the Aztec Empire, which was, you know, they were really big around 1380 to about 1580. This is where they were centered. And you, when you go there, you can actually still see the Aztec pyramids, what's left of them there. And um, the pyramid that they built, like the Great Temple, I think yeah. it was called, it had seven layers, I believe. The, these different Aztec kings would constantly try to outdo one another and build a new layer outside, a new layer outside, a new layer outside. So it's like a seven-layered pyramid that you can still go see the remains of. And... Um, They've done chemical samples of that area now, and they kind of they know that there were different rituals and sacrifices in that area. Um, so really amazing. And what the Spaniards did when they came to Mexico City is they literally built their city over the Aztec city. So they came up and put churches over the Aztec places of worship um, and transformed this area. So it's a huge just center area of Mexico City. Really, really awesome to be a part of, to see a lot of energy and a lot of history there. Yeah, exactly. Definitely got to check out Zocalo. Um, it's super easy to get there. And as soon as you come out from the metro stop, you just get this energy from this place. There's Aztec dancers, um, you know, playing their drums. It's super energetic, bustling, um, all kinds of things there. And as you said, of course, the ruins uh, built by the Aztecs. And it's crazy to think that they were in power for only about 200 years and they were able to achieve and be so influential in that amount of period. Yeah, um, so they had a huge empire there. And do you want to tell a little bit of story about the Aztecs? Cause this, is, this is the spot where their kingdom fell. Do you want to tell a story about the history? I'd love to, yeah. So um, if you know the Mexican flag... Uh, portrays the symbol of the Aztec Empire, which is an eagle devouring a snake on top of a cactus. So the Aztecs were actually um, located elsewhere before, and that's believed to be the northern part of Mexico or southwest U.S., and it was called Aztlan, where Azteca comes from. Now, they had this vision from their god, Huitzilopochtli, who was their main god, who gave them this vision that they had to leave that land and look for the promised land, and they would find this symbol of the eagle um, in their new home. So they left that area and started traveling down south until they, legend, you know, the, the founding myth says that they found that in what is now Mexico City, where it was a lake, um, and that's that was the sacred location that their god indicated that was their new home. And you will see references to this all over Mexico City, in murals, in sculptures, etc., especially in Zocalo. So that's sort of like the historical background from the Aztec times. So they founded their city there. They made these 
giant pyramids and like palace type things um, in that area. And you got to see Mexico City during the Aztec time. There's pictures of it where it was built on water. It's like a Venice. It's like you go to a giant lake and you build something in the middle of it and the rest is water. And that's how Mexico City actually is. And if you go to this part, Zocalo region, you'll see that the the center of the Aztec Empire was was basically surrounded by water all over, all over. And there were four... I think four bridges basically leading from the outskirts of of the areas into the heart of Mexico City. Um, And so that's when the Spaniards came in and they basically took it over. Right. Yeah. So it was an incredible city because, as you said, it was built on top of a lake. Uh, The structures that they were able to have there, it was such a clean city unlike Europe, where they wouldn't even shower, right? This was an incredible, beautiful city, um, very resourceful. People there would use what's called chinampas, which is just a plot of land that was built on top of the lake through, you know, wood and all these kinds of things. And that's where they would plant their corn or then their beans. And um, it was just so beautiful. And people would travel in canoes from one place to another. And it's exactly as you said. And that's how the Spaniards actually described it. It was like a Venice. They, that's what they used to describe this beautiful city. And it had really long avenues. I believe they had four avenues, north, south, and west, and east, to connect uh, other parts of the empire. Um, so they were just amazed that they found this city um, and they were ready to take over it because they were looking for gold. Yeah. So, um, yeah, describe the, the farming real quick. Cause they would take this land, this like small plot of land, put it on the water and then just plant the, the seeds on top of this land. And it would naturally have the water from the lake to grow. Exactly. It was really well planned out because, you know, over the years, that's how they learned to, and they, they learned from other communities around that area because it was a huge lake. Uh, it was called El Lago de Texcoco, um, Texcoco Lake, and so they learned from other communities how to, uh, to how to live basically right on top of this lake, and uh, yeah, exactly, it's what it is. It 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 was a piece of land to for agricultural purposes. And within two years. After Spaniards arrived, this this amazing, magnificent empire in two years went from being on top to just completely gone. And you want to kind of tell how that happened about the kidnapping and all that? Yeah, exactly. So um, Hernán Cortés, who was the conquistador from Spain, he came with a group of men, Spaniards, and he was very ambitious. He had a background in law back in Spain, and he heard stories of this great king in Mexico. So he wanted to go travel and find this, you know, mystical place that other tribes had been describing. He had a group of Spaniards. And along the way, uh, they learn that some of these tribes actually oppose the king because, as you might know, the Aztecs were a warrior society and they demanded very high tributes and even had um, people sacrificed from other tribes. So they kind of hated the Aztecs. And Hernán Cortés, you know, very intelligent man, very ambitious, started forming alliances with these other tribes, with these other communities. So... 
I believe it was 1519 when he actually arrived in Mexico City. Um, and the emperor at the time was Montezuma. He was the Aztec Mexica prince. Um, and there's, there's a story that for a moment, the Aztecs thought that Hernán Cortés was a, uh, one of their gods returning back. There was this legend that their, that their god Quetzalcoatl would come back um, and he was a light-skinned god. So for a moment, they, th they thought that it was him. But then soon they realized after seeing that he was ambitious, it's actually a man. So he actually, we don't have a lot of details of how it exactly went on, but he pretty much kidnapped the king and with the allies, because it was not just him, right? Or his Spaniard, the Spanish uh, soldiers. It was a collective effort of other tribes coming in to uh, defeat the Aztecs. And this happened over two years until 1521 when officially the Aztec Empire gave in to the forces of Hernán Cortés and his allies. Yeah, and what happened afterward, so the Aztecs were called the Mexicas, mm -hmm. right? And what happened afterwards was sort of the birth of modern-day Mexican. Exactly. Is it, was, it was a mixture of this Aztec culture with this Spanish-European culture, and that blending gave birth to what we call modern-day Mexicans. Exactly, yeah. There was a quote somewhere um, in one of the historical sites that it said it was neither a conquest nor a defeat it was the painful birth of the Mexican people and that's really powerful because we have so much history and all these kinds of backgrounds and we are really descended from this moment in history that marks our identity yeah and I found that so interesting because people look at a con like a conquest like it oh they won or they didn't win or we're on top or whatever and they I feel like the culture there is like it wasn't bad, it wasn't good, it's just the birth of who we are. Right, exactly. And I mean, most of the Mexican society is of a mixed, you know, racial background, Spaniards and indigenous. But of course, there are indigenous communities up to this date in Mexico that they still speak their native tongues, their languages that come from hundreds and hundreds of years. In fact, in Mexico City, they still, there are communities that still speak Nahuatl, which is the language of the Aztecs, yeah. which of course has evolved over time. Yeah, and millions of people actually in Mexico speak Nahuatl still. Yeah, exactly. And other parts of Mexico speak, speak other languages. And then as we've mentioned before, there was this other uh, race coming into Mexico, which was the African slaves, unfortunately, which were used to replace the dying indigenous community because they were dying from disease and, of course, from the conquest. And there are communities in Mexico that are still very African, uh, you know, feel and look for sure. So, yeah, that's the birth of Mexican identity in the Mexican society as we know it. Yeah, and one of our prior podcasts, we talked about the, tr the three cultures plaza that Mexicans see themselves part indigenous, part European, part African. Yeah, exactly. So that's a little bit of our history and how it all started in Mexico City in El Zócalo. Yeah, so and Zócalo, when you go there, you... Like we said, we want to visit the pyramid. You also, there's also a very big church there. You want to go visit the church. A huge plaza with a huge Mexican flag where you can walk around, take some pictures. Um, also, there's the, the pa National Palace. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And the National Palace, and this is all walking distance too, by the way. So you can just easily walk to Palacio Nacional, which is the National Palace. And that was also a very historical area where the king had his headquarters. And it's... 
been said that it was a beautiful location uh, where he resided. And then when Hernán Cortés came, he sort of took over that space and made it his own headquarters and then, you know, passed it down to the viceroys who lived there to represent the king from Spain. Yeah, and then even modern, well, not so much modern day, but when Benito Juarez was president of Mexico, he also lived in that same area, and that's when he passed away. Um, so the National Palace, definitely a place you want to see. That's where all the heads of state for the last 500 years, basically, in Mexico lived. Yeah, exactly. So check it out. And that's also where they house some of Diego Rivera's famous, most famous murals. So you definitely have to check that out. Yeah, so the National Palace is just right around the corner from the church and the um, pyramid. And yeah, and Diego Rivera, if you don't know, is Frida Kahlo's husband. He was more famous than Frida Kahlo during at the time, and his murals are amazing. When we went and walked over there, and we'll we'll put some of those on our Instagram feed, but they were amazing. There's grand, very symbolic, uh, huge murals to to look at, and those are the originals, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. Um, and it's beautiful pieces of art that display and honor. Mexico's indigenous history in such a beautiful way because, you know, over time, the indigenous community was pretty much decimated and seen as something backward and you don't want to be associated as being indigenous. But here was Diego Rivera after the revolution, you know, uplifting this identity of uh, Mexican history. Yeah, and two other things to do in that area. One is the, I don't remember the name of the tower, but it's basically the tallest building. La Torre Latinoamericana. It's called the Latin American Tower or building. At some point back, I believe in the 50s or 40s, it was the tallest building, I believe, in Latin America. Obviously, it's not anymore, but it's also a very significant area and uh, site for Mexico City. Yeah, and then the food around that area is awesome. Really, really good food. So make sure you eat lunch and maybe even dinner in that area. The place we went to was called La Tonios or something like that? La, La Casa de Toño, something like that. Really good local Mexican food. You've got to try it. Yeah, just almost like a small little shop. you got to wait 45 minutes. There's like mobs of people trying to get in. That's when you know it's good because there's a... They have, they have served pozole. They're known for their pozole, which is amazing. And right across the street, there was another place serving pozole and nobody was there. So that's when, that's when you know where to eat, when everybody's just mobbed outside. Yeah, exactly. Mexican food is delicious. So make sure that you do eat somewhere in there, not just in your hotel. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Um, so Zocalo, that's the place. It's the heart of Mexico City, the heart of the Aztecs, the heart of like everything, all Mexican. So make sure you visit that when you go there. Anything else? No, enjoy Zocalo and its history. Enjoy. Just talking about it makes me want to go back. I know, right? You, I mean, there were so many other places that we couldn't get to because we had limited time. But there's endless things, museums and cultural places to check out for sure. All right. So go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. Share it with your family and your friends. Also follow us on Instagram at Dustin's Travels. We're also on YouTube and Facebook at Dustin's Travels. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you in the next episode.